Namaskar. I greet you with my mind and all the love and cordiality of my heart. I'm Dada Veda Pragyananda, and welcome to DharmaCast. And I want to be today. The subject is uh, the sentient vegetarian diet. But I want to begin the the session with a reading from the work of my guru, um, Sri Sri Anandamurti, and his essay, Food, Cells, and Development. So he says, The aura or effulgence radiating from the human body is the collective effulgence of all its composite cells. When in old age many cells in the body become weak, this results in the diminution of the effulgence. Even the body of a young man who is suffering from a disease loses its luster. In the human face alone, there are millions of cells. When a person gets angry, a large amount of blood rushes into the face, causing it to become red and causing many cells to die. A violent or cruel person can easily be recognized by his or her face. As a result of eating sentient food and performing spiritual practices, the cells of the human body become sentient. Naturally, an effulgence emanates from these cells, creating an aura around the physical body of the spiritual aspirant. This is the reason why many pictures of Mahapurushas or highly evolved persons shows them with radiant auras. So today I want to um, explain something about that and what this means for us, especially people who are, are practicing yoga and meditation. So what do we mean by the word sentient? This comes from the yogic description of the universe. The yogis say that nature works in three fundamental styles. And what are these styles? One is sentient, or the English word which would closely define it would be pure or peaceful. And the um, next category is called mutative, or in Sanskrit, rajasic. And this um, can be best described by change or, or movement. And then the third category uh, in which nature works is called static or tamasic. And static already describes it. So what, what do we mean by this? I'll give examples from nature itself. So if you have a giant rock, the rock of Gibraltar, suppose. So what is the quality of this? It's very difficult to move. It has tremendous inertia. So this is static or tamasic. And then let's look at another example from nature. And we have a moving, rapid river going down um, a narrow passage with many rocks and boulders and white foam is coming up. So this movement, nothing is still there. This is uh, an example of the, the mutative nature. The, when nature works in a mutative fashion, we can say. And when nature works in a sentient fashion or a sattvic fashion, we get an example which would be 
a, a lake or a, or a pond in the early morning and not a ripple is on that pond. So we have examples of static, nutritive, and sentient. Now, um, food is also classified by its nature. So this is um, the big departure that the yogis make. So normally we classify food, we, we can study it under the microscope, we can look at the nutrients and the carbohydrates and the, the protein that it has or sugar or fat content. But the yogis say, let's look at its um, fundamental nature and its uh, vibrational nature. And, we, and the yogis say that food also has has, uh, goes according to these three fundamental styles of nature. So, sattvic or sentient food, according to the yogis, are foods which are, are good for the body and always good for the mind. And in this category are fruits and vegetables, nuts and seeds and, and milk products. And then in the... the uh, mutative category we find foods which is good for the body may or may not be good for the mind but not harmful to the mind and what's in this category are are, are things like chocolate and tea and coffee and carbonated beverages and and possibly some kind of very very sharp spices so these are, uh, are foods which are, are, are good for the, the body, may or may not help the mind, but not, not directly harmful to the mind. And then in the third category are the tamasic or static foods, and these are uh, meat, fish, and eggs, onions, mushroom, and garlic. Um, now, uh, on this... Um, Static category that some people may be just um, surprised that that um, onions and, and mushrooms and not and garlic are not uh, included. Uh, so there are some corroboration, I can say, in the sense that that I'm not alone to follow this uh, method. So in strict Hindu religion. Uh, the Vaishnava sect, or an example would be the Hare Krishna movement, they also know about this and they don't eat any static foods. They don't have onion or, or garlic or mushroom. And in Buddhism, most of the, or many of the Buddhist groups will eliminate onion and garlic from their diet, although they may have mushroom, so it's not exactly the same. But anyway, the reason why um, that these yogis and um, spiritual practitioners have followed the sentient diet is because of the effect on the mind and body. So now how can I explain that? A good way, especially if, if you're studying yoga, is to look at the chakras. So the chakras briefly explained are psycho-spiritual points along the spine. They're not anatomical structures. You can't find them if you look under the microscope or, or do a dissection or uh, autopsy. But they are, are points of where they, on the body, which control, they control 
seats of the mind, layers and levels of the mind. They control propensities and they control glands and they control even the different organs in the vicinity of those chakras. So the chakras are in the first vertebrae is the Muladhara chakra. It controls four basic urges. And then if you move up a little bit higher is the Swadhisthana chakra and it controls six vrittis or psychic urges. And then if you move up to the the navel point, you get the Manipura chakra and it controls ten points, ten psychic propensities and ten glands. And then if you go up to the the center of the chest, but it's on the spine, but it's on the plane of the center of the chest, you get the Anahata chakra and you get uh, you get twelve points or 12 glands, 12 human propensities, 12 urges, mental urges. These are controlled by that chakra. And then you go to the Vishuddha chakra, which is in the throat area, and you, you, you get control or you get the ability to control 16 different propensities. And then if you reach up to the, the point between the eyebrows, you get the, you find the Agya Chakra and this has control over two fundamental human urges, the desire for spiritual knowledge, the desire for mundane knowledge. So these are, these are the chakra system. So what does that have to do with the food? So the thing is that when we meditate, we want to keep the mind high in a, in a higher chakra, not in the lower chakra. That's why we always tell people, if you want to meditate, you meditate on an empty stomach, don't meditate after you eat, because if you meditate after you eat, the blood and your digestion uh, organs are working, everything is concentrated in the, in the navel point and below, and you're not going to, you find it very difficult to bring your mind higher and, and beyond the, the, the mundane thoughts and the, and the mundane stresses of the body, you can't do it. The body really affects the mind. You cannot just transcend your body, neglect your body and say, yeah, I want to find bliss. The body will drag you down. So that's why people who meditate says, no, I want food which is going to help me to um, bring my, my mind higher and I won't be chained by the movement of the lower chakras. So this is the, the advantage of choosing sentient food. Now, regarding um, this, people may ask, is there any scientific background to the the sentient diet? I I once searched for it a little bit because I wanted to get corroboration. On the internet, there's only one article by a man named Beck, and it may or may, because it's the only article, it may or may not be true, I don't know. Um, he, he said that the garlic is very dangerous. In fact, that he said that airline pilots were told not to fly their airplane after um, eating garlic because it impairs their ability to, to control the plane, to make quick movements and to use their mind properly. So one day, actually, I had, I don't know if this back man is correct or not, but one day I had a corroboration in my own life. I was working in Albania, and one of my close students, uh, close uh, practitioners of yoga, very dear friend, invited me. He said, look, today it's my, my birthday, 
my sons are inviting me out to eat pizza in this restaurant, and can you please come with us? I didn't want to go, because I know that, that most of the, of the pizza sauces in commercial restaurants outside of India, uh, excuse me, outside of Italy, um, they always have garlic. In Italy, actually, when you go for pizza, there isn't garlic. But in most other places, you're going to get garlic. So I didn't want garlic, and I protested. I said, please don't take me. But so anyway, I had to go there. I had the garlic, I had the pizza, that is. And then my plan was to come back to my office and then do some work on my computer and my normal routine. But when I got back to my office, I found that I couldn't even concentrate. I couldn't even sit down and look at the screen. So I find that that the um, food such as garlic has a detrimental effect on the mind. Now you may say, well, you don't feel such a thing. But if you will um, not take some of those substances for a while, then you can get, you become very sensitive and you can see what it does for you. So that's why what we say is make an experiment. Make an experiment in the mental laboratory of your mind, the laboratory of your mind, laboratory of your body, and, and check it out and, and see if the, um, the sentient food will help you to meditate better and see what happens if you eliminate some of the, 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 the mutative food. Like, for instance, if you take too much coffee and tea, it's okay on a small amount. If you take too much, you might find yourself more agitated. And, and if you take too much of the static food, the static drink, or also the uh, drugs and, and other substances, you, you'll find it difficult to concentrate and you'll find it difficult to meditate and it may even impair your ability just to live a normal life. So choose good food, food which is good for the body and good for the mind. And this is the base of the, the sentient vegetarian diet and I hope that one day it will um, be recognized and it will be understood in a better way. And that's why I made this short podcast, just to start the ball rolling, and I hope people will will think about it, talk about it, and do some experiments about it, and let us see what happens. So thank you for listening, and I hope you come back for more episodes. And I conclude with Namaskar, and that means I salute you with my mind and all the love and cordiality of my heart. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah.